The Bible mentions three judgments at the end of the age. The judgment seat of Christ for believers, the great white throne judgment for unbelievers, and the judgment of the sheep and the goats. When Jesus says he will separate the two, the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Are you a sheep or a goat? A believer in Jesus Christ or an unbeliever? In the end, will Jesus place you on the right side of his blessing, fellowship, and honor in the kingdom of God, or on the left side of disgrace and eternal punishment? Sheep do what goats won't. They bow before the sovereign shepherd, serve Christ and others with joyful intention, and experience eternal life. I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Hello, I'm Brian Davis. Welcome into this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. We read those words in Matthew 25, verse 32. What does it mean and when does this judgment take place? Answers come your way next as Ron wraps up his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the program on your schedule or make a safe and secure donation to the ministry. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with part two of his message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats. Please don't diminish what the scripture is saying here by inserting you know, your political bias on the right or the left. That's not what this is all about. But there is significance in the Bible to being on the right or on the left. And let me just highlight a few things. First of all, in the Old Testament, we, we learn about the right hand of blessing or favor. For example, in the Genesis chapter 48, in the story of when Joseph was gathering with his aging father, Jacob, who now has a new name, Israel, uh, Joseph brings his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And in that culture, when an aging, almost uh, dying patriarch passed the family blessing onto the next generation, he put his right hand on the eldest. Now, the irony in the story, of course, is that when uh, Jacob was born, he was a twin. His twin was Esau. Esau came out first. He was the eldest. Jacob was the heel catcher, grabbing onto his heel. Jacob was the deceiver. He was a supplanter, and he uh, deceived his brother Esau one day when he came back from a hunting trip. Esau was tired, and Jacob got him to trade his birthright for a pot of porridge. And, uh, and so is the irony of the story there. But the right hand of blessing, the right hand of the favor of God comes into play here. In the New Testament, we learn about something called the right hand of fellowship. You ever heard that? Maybe you grew up in a church where when they received new members into the church, you extended to them the right hand of fellowship. 
It's sort of like when a, uh, a mayor of a city hands some, some person a key to the city. Well, in the church, we extend the right hand of fellowship, and that says, you know, you're welcome in this place, or you're a new member in this place. Uh, we're together, you know, as part of the body of Christ here. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, when James and Peter and John uh, who seem to be pillars, pillars in the church, perceived the grace that was given to me, Paul says. They gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. That right hand of fellowship was, again, a way of welcoming them into the church and also uh, saying, hey, as we commission you to be sent out with the gospel um, into the mission field, so to speak, our, our fellowship goes with you. And then thirdly, um, the, the right hand, I'll call it this, the right hand of honor, power, and authority. And we see this in uh, references to the Messiah and to Jesus Christ. Jesus was quoting the Old Testament in Matthew 22 and verse 44 um, applying this to himself. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Uh, we say that Jesus today, as he ascended to the Father, is at the right hand of the Father, that place of honor and power and authority. Romans chapter 8 and verse 34 who is to condemn? Christ Jesus, the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. What is Jesus doing sitting at the right hand of God? Well, one of the things the Bible says he's doing as he sits in that place of honor, power, and authority is he's praying for us. He's interceding for us. And that should be, uh, that should be encouraging. So back to the questions, the contrast that this parable raises up in Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? Are you on the right or on the left? Uh, on the right meaning, you know, the, the right hand of God's blessing, his favor, his fellowship. Even as a, a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. Uh, we inherit his uh, well, his honor, his power, his authority, in some way he shares that with us. The third contrast is um, grace or works. <laughs> this is an interesting one because this particular parable about the sheep and the goats has raised all kinds of questions throughout church history, uh, one of which asks, you know, is Jesus advocating a works-based salvation here? Because he really praises the sheep for what they do, and he scolds the goats for what they don't do. To the sheep, you know, you, you, you uh, fed me when I was hungry, you clothed me when I was naked, you, you tended to me when I was sick. You did all these good works. You did all of this to the least of me, these my brothers, and when you did that, it's like you were doing it unto me. And it's, again, raised this question about uh, faith versus works. Keith Green, who was one of the early pioneers of contemporary Christian music, actually had a song about the parable of the sheep and the goats, and it's, it's a real crazy kind of arrangement, and look it up sometime. It's a, it's a fun song. But he concludes in his lyrics by saying this, the only difference between the sheep and the goats is what they did and didn't do. 
And it leaves you with this sense, is, is Jesus saying that entrance into the kingdom of God is based on what I do or don't do? That sounds like a works-based theology. Well, see, I would differ with Keith Green by saying, you know, there's, there's more to the difference between the sheep and the goats, and we'll get to that in a minute. But as the unfolding of theology in the New Testament happens, and uh, we understand that salvation uh, is not by good works, but we are certainly saved for good works. Uh, there have been uh, debates and discussions about the theology of Paul versus James in the New Testament. Because Paul says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. But then James comes along in James chapter 2, and he says, faith without works is dead. And throughout church history, people have said, oh, there's a, there's a conflict in Scripture. It, it, the two Scriptures disagree with one another. Luther, Martin Luther, the guy who sparked the Protestant Reformation in the early 1600s, had, had, had no respect for James. He called James a straw epistle. And he cut it right out of his, body, his Bible. And Martin Luther was a towering figure in church history and Protestant church history, but he was a little quirky on some things too. And you have to understand he had a long way from which to come because he had been you know, steeped in Roman Catholicism, which is very much a works-based kind of uh, faith. And, and, and he, just, he just arced it a little bit too far, all right? We understand that James and Paul are talking about two sides of the same coin. Uh, salvation is by grace and through faith alone and in Christ alone, not by works, Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. But too often, folks like us forget verse 10. For we were created, uh, for we are His workmanship, rather, created uh, for good works, you know, in Christ Jesus. Paul understands both sides of the same coin. We're not saved by good works, but we are, we are saved for good works. James is just that guy who's on the other side of the coin, and he's saying, show me your faith. Show me the authenticity of your faith by your works. That's what he means by faith without works is dead. So, you know, th th this parable, back to Matthew 25, raises that question. Is Jesus advocating, just go do a lot of good works, help the poor and the naked and, and the sick, and, you know, you'll get into heaven. No, the, the sheep in the story were doing that not in order to get to heaven, but because they were going to heaven. And this is what kingdom citizens do as evidence of their genuine faith. They care for the poor. They care for the sick. Uh, many uh, ministry and other humanitarian organizations have, have risen because of the compelling call to compassion in this text of Scripture. Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ranjan's message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats, right here on Something Good Radio. Now, to hear any of Ron's messages on demand, simply visit somethinggoodradio.org. 
That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, check out the new Something Good digital library, where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good exists only through the faithful prayer and financial support of friends like you. And when you give your gift to Something Good Radio today, we'll say thank you by giving you the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. That's all eight messages in Ron's teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. It's our way of saying thank you for your gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats. Well, with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about what sheep do and goats don't. What sheep do and what goats don't do And and I'm going to broaden Keith Green's limited understanding. It's not about just what they do and don't do. In fact, first of all, here's what sheep do that goats don't. Number one, they bow before the sovereign shepherd. Go back again to verse 31. Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. There wasn't much glorious about Bethlehem, not from a human perspective. Uh, The Old Testament Hebrew people uh, were steeped in the Messianic prophecies, and they were expecting a coming, conquering king. And that wasn't the Messiah 2,000 years ago. He came as a humble servant, and he came as a suffering servant. Suffering sermon. He came as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The next time he comes, he comes as the conquering king to sit on his glorious throne. I say again, the throne of David in the holy city of Jerusalem. And he will enact his, uh, his millennial kingdom there. The Bible tells us in uh, Philippians that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How do you fit into that? Are are you a sheep, a believer in Jesus Christ, evidenced by I I, I, I have and am bowing before the sovereign shepherd? Does that describe you? You're either a sheep or you're a goat. And it's a rather binary choice. Jesus is very binary in this. It's either this or it's this. A sheep or a goat, the right or the left. You're either bowing before the sovereign shepherd or you're not. One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Better to bow now than later, right? When it's too late. That's one difference between the sheep and the goats. The second is an obvious one we've already touched on, and that is that sheep, in the context here, serve others. 
not in order to get to heaven, not in order to receive the right hand of blessing or favor from God. No, you already have that. That's what grace is all about. But in response to God's generosity and in His grace, we serve Him as we serve others. Some of you are great at this. You're just so servant-hearted. You even have the spiritual gift of mercy, and I see you serving here and serving there. I think of the folks that are at our food pantry, and I've seen them serving on Wednesdays. You know, ser- serving others and caring for the sick and the poor and all that. Before you came to Christ, you might have been the most selfish person in the world. I know I was. It was all about me, mine, and mine. Getting all my stuff that I want out of this life. But as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as he transforms us from the inside out, that, that compassion thing ought to be rearing up in every one of us. We ought to be growing in our compassion and concern and care for the least and the last, for the lost, for the hurting, for the poor, for the imprisoned, for, for people who just need somebody to come alongside them. That's what sheep do. Uh, goats don't do that, not for, not for kingdom reasons. Not for kingdom reasons. And then thirdly, Uh, the difference between sheep and goats, what sheep do and goats don't. Sheep experience, write this down, eternal life as opposed to another binary choice, which is uh, eternal punishment. Look at it in verse 43. Jesus says, and these, speaking of the goats, this is why it doesn't end well for the goats, and these will go away into eternal punishment punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Again, in the context here, those who as a demonstration of the faith they already possess, as evidence of a genuine faith, feed the poor and care for the sick and have compassion for others, they will enter eternal life. But those who didn't care and serve with compassion as evidence that they don't have faith, well, their destination is eternal punishment. And I know most of the world would say, no, we'd like some some in-between here. But again, Jesus is very binary, right? Sheep or goat, right or left, eternal life, eternal punishment, an insider or an outsider. Um, there's, there's coming a day, yes, for the accounting of believers and for the judgment of unbelievers. And I hope what a message like this does for me as your pastor and, and for all of us who name the name of Jesus Christ is that there's a compassion welling up inside of us, not only to serve the poor, but to speak the words of salvation to them. That salvation is by grace alone and through faith alone and in Jesus Christ alone. And all are welcome at the cross of Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. We are compelled as followers of Jesus to do everything we can until he comes to get that message out there. To do it with great compassion. Maybe, Maybe the way into somebody's life to earn the right to share that 
good news in that gospel with them is by serving them. Look for opportunities to do that as we do as a church as well. But the other uh, desire that I have is for those of you who are here, uh, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you say, you know, in all honesty, I got, I got to admit, I'm a goat. I've been thinking that the favor of God would land upon me because I'm a pretty good person as compared to X or Y or Z. And you got to understand, that's not the way it works in the Bible. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the good news. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, the Bible says, you'll be saved, rescued from that eternal punishment and granted all the rights and the privileges of eternal life as a shepherd who bows before the sovereign shepherd. Thanks for being here with us for today's Something Good radio message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats, the final message in Dr. Ron Jones' series, His Money, Your Faith. And Ron, there is so much to unpack from this series. We could probably talk for a week and still have plenty left to say. With that in mind, I won't even ask you a question today. How about simply offering any additional thoughts you may have about today's message or the series in general? Sure thing, Brian, and you're absolutely right. We could discuss the prophecies of Jesus found in the Olivet Discourse for an entire year and probably still not plumb the depths of it. But here's what I'd like to say regarding this series specifically and God's prophetic word in general. I've alluded to this before and probably will again. There are a handful of reasons as to why God chooses to reveal certain aspects of the future. None of them have anything to do with trying to figure out when he will return. That's not his motivation. However, first, he talks about it in order to bring comfort to us. That is the assurance that we will one day be together with him and be reunited with our lost friends and loved ones who are in the faith. Second, he does so in order to encourage us to live right from day to day and to get ready for his return. Another reason, and this is a big one, is that he shares uh, insights into the future in order to provide yet one more avenue for people who do not yet know him to come to faith in him. Because if and when certain things begin to take place and people see that God's word predicted these things would happen, many will believe in him. Now, I mentioned living rightly, and one of the things that means is that we share the gospel with those around us. And as we look at all that's going on here in America, and really the world in general, the steady moral decline, uh, the acceptance, even the celebration of sin, well, all of that should tell us that the return of Christ is absolutely and positively imminent. I'm not setting a date and time. I'm merely saying that we are seeing glimpses of what the final days of the last days will look like. And that should motivate us to share our faith more often and with more conviction than perhaps we ever have. Ultimately, that's what God's prophetic word is all about, to point people to him, his love, his power, his dominion, his ultimate return, uh, the free gift of eternal life that he offers through Jesus Christ, and to encourage those who already know him to help out the ones who don't.
Amen, Ron. It always comes back to advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ and taking as many people to heaven with us as we can. Now, before we sign off, what can you tell us about your next series, which begins tomorrow right here on Something Good Radio? Brian, years ago, someone went through the entire Bible and came up with over 2,000 verses of Scripture on money, wealth, and material possessions. Uh, That's a lot of editorial space. Now, you compare that to about 500 verses on prayer and 500 verses on faith, and you get some sense that this is a really important subject to God. Here's something else. Of the 38 parables of Jesus recorded in the Gospels, 16 of them have a money or stewardship theme. Uh, He understands, and we need to understand, that one of the greatest threats to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is this thing called money. And that's why Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you can't serve both God and money. So we're going to dive into this subject for the next several days. And really, Brian, it boils down to a single overarching question. Do you view yourself as an owner of all that you possess or as a steward of that which has been entrusted to you by God? That's something to keep in mind as we head into this next series. Looking forward to it, Ron. That's tomorrow in Dr. Ron Jones' message, Whose Money Is It Anyway? Join us then for Something Good. Now for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.